Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. All right, we have an NBA champion. We have an NHL champion. Brad, welcome back from Bonnaroo. Man, I was so doggone upset. I'm sitting at Bonnaroo, by the way, which was super sick. But I'm so doggone upset. I'm sitting at Bonnaroo, and I'm like, someone tells me, Cavs just got swept. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Straight up, man. And then uh, the Stanley Cup, you know, it, it, it ended up being an entertaining series, but nonetheless, not very competitive. Yep. So we'll cover that a little bit later. Let's let's talk about what we're all excited for, at least what I'm excited for. You know, I'm a huge golf fan, and I love the majors. This one we have the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. Should be exciting. Uh, should be a good week. It's always a good week in golf. This is definitely my second favorite major behind the Masters. Uh, second favorite tournament. One of my favorite weekends of the year, honestly. It's Father's Day weekend. It's the U.S. Open. Yeah. A lot of tradition. It's always a good field. We got the World Cup starting this weekend. Yeah, how about that? A little extra little extra juice to get us through until football season. Yeah, definitely. So, Miles, looking at these odds, did any stand out to you that you really wanted to take? So, in my pick I went ahead and went with uh, Justin Rose at 14-1. to that's really good, really good buy. He seems to be a trendy pick, which honestly, I did not know that until after I made the pick, and then I kind of did a little more research after that, And but I, I can understand why, because he's playing so well. At one point in this season, not this year, but in 2017, like during this PGA season, he had 10 straight top 10 international finishes, so he's been playing well for a long time, and it really uh, came into focus for him recently. Uh, you know, he was tied for six at the, at the Memorial, so he yeah. played well there. Um, he played well at the Arnold Palmer yep. in March, uh, and he had a win a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. And I, I see Dustin Johnson as the clear-cut favorite, and so does the world, at 8-1. to one. He won last week. Uh, he, I mean, he's pretty much leading in everything. He's leading off the tee. He's, what, uh, like first in tee to green, first in, in uh, shot total. Like, it's insane. He, he's number one in Eagles. Uh, scoring average, number two in, in points, number two in official money. Uh, he has a, a, I mean, he's he's just getting after it. I, I just think it's really hard to win back-to-back weeks. Um, but don't get me wrong, in fantasy, uh, in daily fantasy sports, I had a few lineups with him as my head honcho because if he makes a cut, he's going to he's gonna make some noise. Well, and that was going to be my uh, first question to you is how do you feel about possibly winning in back-to-back weeks because for me it takes me away from that golfer because I think it's so improbable yeah, on the PGA Tour. It's he not, could play well. It's not a Tiger Woods situation. Right. Like when Tiger Woods, you knew he was going to win. Right, exactly. Uh, but especially speaking for your daily fantasy lineups, I mean, I think DJ's going to have a strong showing. There's no doubt. Yeah. As the favorite, we know he's going to play well. Um, but uh, not just because of the fairy, but just because he has been playing well. As you said, he ranks first in a lot of those categories. Um, other than that, I mean, we got Rory uh, at 14-1 to who... I think he's having a putting together a pretty solid season. I'm staying away from Rory just because his uh his performance in the European he played so great and then just crumbled, which means he's not quite at that hump. And if anybody, you know, Rory has always been one to say what's on his mind. And if anybody has to talk about getting back to playing fun golf, they're not playing fun golf. And this course is going to demand them to have to go out there and have fun. Um, for me, I'm going to talk about a couple guys that uh I, I put my money on. Number one, I'm gonna go with. I'm not as confident, but he's won a major before at 25 to one. I got him at 30 to one um, with Brooks Kepka. Uh, he finished second at the World Golf Championship. Finished second um, at the Fort Worth Championship. I mean, Fort Worth, Fort Worth individual. He's a, he's you know coming off that wrist injury, re-injured the wrist, but now I think he's fully healthy and he bombs the ball. He's he 
when you play in majors, you play especially at the U.S. Open, you got to be a good, you got to be a, a golfer that's going to hit fairways and make putts. And Brooks does both of those, so he's not like your scrambling golfer. He, he's just going, he's going to be consistent down the fairway putt. Another golfer that I was really, really high on, and when I saw his odds, I, I got, I think I got him at forty to one as well. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson coming off the win at the Memorial it was impressive. But then if you look at it, I think Bryson is even even good to to be a top 40 lock. Um, a lot of – I took the bet that I have Bryson finishing the top 40. But even his stats for a guy who has no pressure on him, he's doing pretty good. Like 11th off the tee, uh, approach to green 17th, um, tee to green 14th, 12th in, in scoring total. I mean he's, he's fifth right now in, in the uh, FedEx Cup points. Why not grab him? And I hedged my bet because I, I know he'll finish in the top 40. So I, I put um, 25 on that to hedge it. I have my number one sleeper here as uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Nice. Uh, so I, I completely agree with you there. Uh, not uncommon for us to be on the same page. Uh, but at 40 to 1, uh, those odds kind of surprised me, granted, uh, or given the season that he's putting together. So Do you think, um, I, I should have asked you this question before, we came here because I'm sure you're not even know what the hell I'm talking about. Do you think any of the big nine are going to win? What do you mean? Uh, the, the big nine, uh, it's what, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, Justin Rose, um, Justin Thomas, uh, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm. That's the big nine. Do you think any of those guys are going to win? Yeah, well, I mean, I've got Rose as my fa- as my pick to win, so. Okay. I mean, they they're they're all there as the favorites. It was like plus two hundred that none of the big nine win, and I could actually, I mean, I could actually see like, um, you know, Matsuyama put on a strong showing, uh, Stinson. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure about Fleetwood. I have him in fantasy uh, in a lot of my fantasy lineups just because he was so impressive during the Masters. Uh, Paul Casey, he could easily win. Brandon Grace, okay. For anybody who's who's listening, if you do fantasy uh, golf. Start putting Brandon Grace in your lineup because he's one of those names that always flies under the radar, but he always, always does a great job in fantasy sports. He makes cuts and he, and he plays solid. Um, I don't think he's going to win, but, um, you know, crazier things have happened. What are your thoughts on Tiger? Tiger, sorry for the long delay. I had to think about that for a second. Tiger, I don't think he's going to win, but I couldn't count him out. I put money on him to win just because the odds were so good. I got him at plus 30, I think, um, plus th- uh, 30,000. I just think he's been flirting with too many cut lines and hasn't had enough rounds under par. This course might eat him alive. Um, we'll talk about that later. Let's go into the prop bets. The prop bets are, are some that really had me excited. All right, well, uh, Tiger was a pretty popular pick with these uh, bets. Uh, we'll go ahead and start it off there. Uh, we have, will Tiger Woods shoot under par in round one at the 2018 U.S. Open? Plus 120 for yes. Minus 150 for no. Seemed pretty appropriate for me. Um, spe- going off of what you said about Tiger, I don't think that this course matches kind of how he's been playing. He's, str- he's still struggling to hit the fairway on his tee shots. Yeah, he's struggling to hit the fairway. Um, and this is okay. When I say this, this course is you know it's a, it's it's pretty wide open for a U.S. Open course, so it, the fairways are a little bit bigger. So he could shoot under par, but I'm definitely not going to go with yes. I mean, I'm looking at a first round under pars. What he had one, two, three, four out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, out of eleven tournaments, he's 
be shot under par four rounds. And I mean, one of those one of those courses is a joke at the Hero. Anybody, everyone shoots under par there. Um, it's really easy to put up good scores at Bay Hill if you're if you're striking the ball well. Um, and then, but Valspar, he he was under par at Valspar, so not those are two. I mean, he could do it, but definitely not. Just not enough. Not enough rounds under par for your first round, and then not enough rounds under par overall. But you know, I think that I am such a big Tiger fan. I'm saying no because I want yes to happen. I want him to prove me wrong. Yeah, and uh, you really can't go wrong with the odds either way. If we're just talking about from a straight gambling perspective, yeah. Uh, so put some money down on Tiger for yes if you're looking for a fun Thursday. Wait, I want to backtrack one thing real quick that I really wanted to say earlier um, about picking a winner. I, I would really, really, really consider eliminating every golfer who doesn't hit the ball far. So like like take um like take what his name? Freaking um I'm I'm looking at him. Take ZJ out of the equation, you know. Uh guys who don't bomb the ball because it's raining tonight. It's gonna rain tonight up there, and so the course is gonna be a little damp. It's gonna be playing a lot longer. So guys who can crank it are gonna have a really big advantage. Just wanted to put that out there. Good set here. Uh, moving on, the winning score at the 2018 U.S. Open. I thought these odds were really interesting. So this would be uh, what the winning golfer finishes with. Does he finish under a par? That's minus 150. Exactly even par, plus 600. Let's see, one or two over par, plus 500. Three over par or higher, plus 400. I mean, the under par at minus 150 is not bad to take. I mean, the odds tell us that it's most likely going to be under par. I I think it's at least three or four years in a row that the winner's been under par. Um, well, it's not even that stat that's crazy. Uh, Shinnecock Hills is a, is a scorable golf course. Um, like you look at the 19, 1986 U.S. Open, Raymond Floyd finished at one under. Um, 1995, Corey Pavin. This is these are all at Shinnecock Hills. Corey Pavin finished even, and that is with a really really brutal, a really brutal. Uh, I think it was a Saturday round where the uh, course average was like the the round average was a seventy eight or the no the, the best was a seventy eight that day and the next day he went out and shot a sixty eight um, and then in two thousand four Retief Goosen uh, at an overall four under so this is a really really scorable course now course conditions if it's raining out there I don't think so but I'm gonna tell you my strategy if I were to take this I would put big money on under par these guys are just so good at golf now. That one of these guys gets hot two days, they're gonna they're gonna post a five to five to, to eight under round, and then I would hedge my bet with even par because I don't think anybody's gonna I don't think the winner is gonna be over par. Yeah, I think the last winner to finish at even par was uh, Graham McDowell in 2010 at Pebble Beach. Yeah, I remember that was a really tough weekend. Uh, moving on here, will Tiger Woods hit the fairway on his opening tee shot in round one of the 2018 U.S. Open? I thought this one was really fun. Uh, yes to hit the fairway at minus 145, no to hit the fairway at plus 115. You me to tell you how I bet it? Yeah. Okay, so Tiger Woods is sitting, driving actually is sitting at 54%, uh, 54.66%. Um, he's hit 258 fairways, he's missed 472. 50%, you can call it, you can call it 55%, whatever. Now, how you bet this you bet this on the the one that gives you com- that pays you commission. You don't bet it where you're paying juice because if it's a 50-50 chance you're flipping a coin, you want to win more money than than lose more money. So I'm betting no. I would go no as well just for the value. Yeah, I yeah. I mean I at plus 115 and 
You got the first T jitters that are always in the play. So I think realistically, I think realistically, Tiger Woods is gonna he's gonna hit the he's gonna hit the fairway and birdie the first hole. Um, you say first T jitters, Tiger doesn't have first T jitters. You realize who you're talking about? It's Tiger Woods. But with that stat and how wild his driver is, I'm just gonna put money where good money is. You know, I, 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 why would I pay commission on a fifty fifty? Yeah, good logic. Uh, will Phil Mickelson win the 2018 U.S. Open? I just thought that the odds here were really surprising. Uh, yes, at plus 3,000. No, at minus 3,800. So that's not e- really even worth betting. But how about Phil Mickelson still going for his first U.S. Open? I, when I, okay, so everyone's like, yo, think about Phil Mickelson. Think about Phil Mickelson. He can do it. He's played here before. Last time he it was, what, freaking, that was 1995 when he shared the lead. Um, at plus 30,000, if I didn't already have my three dogs, like I'm picking my three horses in the race and sticking with them. Um, sure, why not? Why would you not put money on Phil Mickelson? Uh, that's good money. Um, he's not playing terrible golf. Someone said if, you know, now you can move the rocks in the sand um, at 10 o'clock. Someone said if you could move the rocks in the sand at 10 o'clock, he would have won last time. Um, but, I mean, he's playing solid golf. His putting is tremendous. My man is second in putting. Like, that, that's that's great. Birdie average is great. And you know what's really what's really amazing? His sand saves. He's first in sand save percentage at 64%. Yeah, I agree with your sentiment. Why not? Like, if, if you, I mean, to be honest, like, betting golf, if you, you, what, what you do is you pick five horses. You pick five guys. You pick one guy who, you know, who, they all have good value, and you pick one, one of the favorite, top three. You pick a middle, you pick a, okay, they're called, okay, I'll explain my quick betting, and I don't want to get too far into it, but how I, I analyze golf, I tear my golfers out. So I, I do tiers. I do a tier one, tier three, uh, tier two, tier three, um, and then dark horse. I'll, depending on what, what how much I want to bet, I'll, I'll pick one or two golfers from, from tier one. I'll pick one or two golfers from tier two. I'll pick one golfer from tier three, one golfer from tier four. So now, if the tier one guy, one of my tier one guys hit, I'm only making a little money. My tier two guys hit, I'm making a little more money. My tier three and tier dark horse wins, I'm winning big money even with losing the money up top. But now if they all lose, then I'm going to lose. So golfing is like literally like betting horses. Yeah, but so many in the field, it, it can be very similar to yeah. horse racing for Definitely sure. not as predictable, that's for sure. But... um. With that being said, I mean, Phil definitely proved he can win it. He, he won the World Golf cha- uh, Championship in Mexico, uh, tied for second at the uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and uh, tied for third at the Safeway Open. So he he proved that he can do it. And if if you are looking for a guy to put money on and uh, plus 30000 uh, 30, why not? Why, why would, well, what is stopping you, you know? It could be won by anybody. Yeah, he's shown that he's still got some games, so. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think the distance will be a little tr- tricky for him if it's real wet out there. But, um... Because he's not a big hitter. I think he's, his, I don't know his average. I might have it on here. I think it's like uh, t- uh, like 290 or something. What is it? Yeah, 296 is his average. Uh, and, you know, that's actually not bad because I think Tiger Woods is only like 310 on uh, listed right now. But he really only hits it like 280. I've watched enough golf to know how far he hits the ball. With that being said, what do you want to see from this tournament? I mean, what I usually want to see from any major tournament is just a good field on Sunday. And I, with the Masters, you know, we had uh, Rory, you know, right there with three, yeah. at the, you know, going into the day. Uh, we had Spieth making a run. I mean, that's really all it takes for me. It's just something to get me excited. Spieth making that historic run yeah. on, on that Masters Sunday and, and realizing that he could actually do it. That was enough for me for the entire tournament. Yeah. Uh, I want to see Tiger up there. I want to see some old, you know, some old school names up there. That always makes it fun. 
for me, I want to see a competitive moving day. I want to see guys out there gritting it out on moving day. And then I don't want to see anybody run away with the lead on Sunday. Those are my two things. And we saw that happen uh, at the players. Yep. And that was no fun. That was a joke. Yeah. So, moving on. Miles, you know I was out of Bonner, like I said. You want to cover NBA or Stanley Cup first? Uh, let's do NBA first. Okay. I'm just going to give you my my thoughts of the, the overall NBA finals. Okay. First of all, LeBron James haters, shut the heck up. My man played with a bunch of scrubs from a bunch of different teams who had zero chemistry with. Even when LeBron James played with the Miami Heat, the first year they were put together, and you everyone knows that was a super team, it, they didn't gel, and they lost in the NBA Finals. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, second is hats off to Kevin Durant. Now he's a back-to-back NBA Finals MVP, 28.8 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, 7.5 assists per game during uh, the final series. That Warriors team, their dynasty's over. Uh, Draymond Green said he's not taking a minimum. Kevin Durant said he's not getting paid chump change. Clay's the only person who said he would, and they're not going to be able to pay everybody. It was fun while it lasted. Three rings together is great, but now these guys are going to go chase. They're going to go chase the money. Yeah, and because they know that, that they have to uh, chase it while they can get it. And as you said... This was going to happen eventually. This wasn't going to be forever. Yeah. You're going to have to pay your players eventually. I'm, I'm only saying it like this because I'm glad. I'm glad that this is it. This NBA Finals was a joke. Such me. a sweep? Are you kidding me? It was a joke. And, and it actually made me frustrated at the entire league for allowing this to unfold. And, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a LeBron fan, right? We all knew he was overmatched. We all knew that this was... Probably not going to turn out I in Cleveland's favor. I would have taken watching the Rockets versus uh, Golden State play another series. Exactly. But we also need to go back to game one. I know that... That changed the series. Right. Cleveland had their chance. They should have won the game. I get that. But I'm just saying that that changes the entire dynamic of the series if a epic collapse of historic proportions doesn't happen for Cleveland there. Just so many mental miscues. Yeah. The missed free throw. A collapse in overtime. Winning that game on the road in game one would make them believe that they can win the series. It would have changed everything. It said they wouldn't have been swept. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch the game. So I'm well, I can your... tell you that they gave up. They gave I up heard, game four. I heard LeBron James didn't care. When I look at the score, when I heard the score, someone was like 108 to 85. And I said, shut the hell up. And, you know, I, was, I had, a, I had a, a little adult alcohol in me, a little adult beverages. And so when I heard it, I was like, I was like, shut up, man. I'm, I'm not that drunk. I didn't drink that much. It's real. 108 to 85 at home. In a do or die, <clears throat> down 3-0. You, you can't even get one game. After that game one debacle, this series was over. It Because the Warriors had already won the mental battle. Yeah, they did. And these young cats are such jokes, man. You, I said it, I said on this show before. You can't take a bunch of scrubs. You can't okay. You can't take a bunch of guys from really bad teams and think you're going to put together a great team because there's reasons that those teams are bad. You can take a bunch of guys from average teams and put together a good team because there's a reason they're average. But Jordan Clarkson, eh. Larry Nance, yeah, he has a bright future. George Hill, okay. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Rodney I mean, Hood. They were turning to Rodney Hood to give them a spark in this series. If you're turning to that, that's not going to work. Yeah. So 
There's a reason why Rodney Hood was losing playing time. There's a reason why George Hill was losing playing time. On these, the reason these guys were on their way out. The only guys who weren't on their way out that they got in the trades were Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance is because they know they have bright futures. And now it's going to turn into a very interesting offseason for the NBA. Where does LeBron go? And where does LeBron go is a big question after contract negotiations in Golden State. What happens to that team? I heard Kyrie might not resign. Right. Kyrie came out and said he's just focused on being healthy and focused on getting back. Where does LeBron go? You know, I did say, I have been saying for a couple weeks before the finals was over that I could see LeBron staying in Cleveland. I yeah, don't see that. No, no way. Absolutely. He does not like he does not like the ownership. He doesn't like the gym. I think Philly is a great fit for him. I feel like he could I mean he could do damage in Houston. If LeBron James is willing to take a severe pay cut and make somewhere like twelve million a year for the next two years, Houston can afford it. They'd have to ship off PJ Tucker. They'd have to ship off Trevor Ariza. Clint Capella would have to agree to a, a a small like ten million dollar contract. But that lineup with uh, we got Chris Paul, James Harden. Um, we'll put LeBron at the at the three. Um, what is that? Ma Butte, um, Ma Butte at the four. He might be undersized, but whatever. And then we got Clint Capella at the five. If Golden State were, if that team were to happen and Golden State were to lose one player, then the season would already be over. Yep, that's Houston's league to win. Yeah, that would that team would be in, it, all healthy, which is not likely to be honest. I mean, not, it's definitely not likely at all. We've seen <laughs> these injuries plague Cleveland. We've seen them plague Boston. We've seen them play play Houston. You know who they don't play? Golden State. No, Golden State just finds a way to win. And you know, um, Dwayne Wade came out and said that LeBron James. Signing with another team is going to be more about a lifestyle. He said his legacy's set. LeBron James is not chasing rings anymore. I, I would not be surprised if LeBron James went somewhere and made the $200 million that he deserves. And just finishes out his career? Yeah, and just chills. He's going to make it to the finals no matter what. Yeah. So, let's transition. Yeah. I'm over the NBA. Sure. I'm so mad Me too. at too. I am over the NBA for a while. All they had to do was win one game, and I could have came back and watched another finals game. There you go enough reason to be angry and then speaking of the Stanley Cup finals didn't last long either yeah and you know I was actually surprised about this especially the way Vegas gritted out that game one to go <laughs> I put my foot in my mouth because um I was talking to somebody who was asking for betting advice and I said it's so hard to win three games in a row and when Washington won that game six to two versus Vegas and they won three games in a row they came back and they won a fourth game in a row and let's talk about Game 5 for a second because I'll tell you what impressed me so much about that game. Vegas goes into the third period with a 4-3 lead. And all I'm thinking in my head is this is over. 100% over. Vegas is getting this at home. We're going back to Washington. And lo and behold, 10 minutes left in the game. Washington's down 4-3. They find a way to get two goals in the span of about four and a half minutes. Yeah, That's just grit, intensity, and honestly, that's how they played the entire series. You and I both said after Game 1, that even though Vegas won that game, they were outplayed. Yeah. And it showed on the ice. And, you know, I went back to my expansion team argument of, did we really expect them to come out and win the Stanley Cup? I mean, Washington proved that they were not ready yet. And finally, Washington gets rid of their stigma of always collapsing in the playoffs. Ovi might not ever stop drinking. I think he's drinking Russian standards for the rest of his life. He got this elusive ring. I'd ask somebody um, if Ovi never gets a ring. Will he still be considered great? And I heard that on television, and the argument they made was hockey 
you can't judge great players by rings due to the sheer fact that a great player has such a small impact on the actual overall game because they're only spending 90, 90 seconds at a time on the ice. And if a, a goalie gets hot that they're going against, they're, they're unstoppable because they're not out there. But I think this cemented his legacy as one of the greatest hockey players in the history of hockey. Um, Kunetsov, though. Kunetsov really surprised me. He had a great season and an even better playoff season with 32 points. Brayden Holby, 16 wins. They they put together a really, really dangerous playoff team. And the way they did it, they lost lost early against uh, Columbus, um, who they play next, the, the Penguins. They lost the first game to Pittsburgh. Who'd they play next? That was their probably their biggest hump to get over. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. I, I think Pittsburgh was the second best team in the NHL. Um, arguably the best team. They just faced against a hotter team. The Lightning, Lightning put them against the ropes at, at towards the end of the season. Vegas beat them game one, and then they they, they smashed them. They did it great. They they. they, they Miles, it's hockey playoffs are all about getting hot. Who's the hottest team? And they got hot. And, and all of them got hot. Tom Wilson, Kunetsov, Brayden Holby, who had to come in and play. Um, Ovi. Tom Wilson was their enforcer. Like, you just look all over the ice. Brooks Orkbick, I think Brooks Orkbick had uh, the best plus and minus uh, in the playoffs. And it was at, like, plus 17. Like, they all, they all are really good. And, and I'm going to tell you this. This little fun fact. Most of those names I named... Our ex Penguins players, by the way. <laughs> well, it, well, then they know how to win Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, they and do. it gets to a point uh, in in any sport where a team starts to believe, and you know, it's like you said, you get hot at the right time, then there's no stopping that momentum. Yeah, 100%, and and that, and, and, that right. and that's what we saw play here. And and I will say, Brad, I I had a lot of fun talking hockey with you over uh, over the past couple months. I'm glad, man. I, I was, it was a good time. You know, I'm a huge hockey fan. I I wanted to see how how we'd vibe on it, and, and you know, there's so many names in hockey. There's there's so many lines, so many rotations. There's so much going on. Like guys who do absolutely nothing have huge impacts in the game, and you can tell by their plus minus. And it's 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 not like that in basketball. Like it's not like that in football. If you don't do nothing, you're not gonna have an impact. But in hockey, you can absolutely do nothing that goes on a stat line and have an impact. So I've had a great time talking about hockey with you as well. Sad that uh, hockey and basketball are over. Happy we have the World Cup. Um, this will keep us in the loo. It'll keep us fresh. It's always exciting. You know, it's very rare to have such an amazing event that brings the entire world together. Unfortunately, the, the United States will not be a part of it uh, <laughs> because we don't, be, cause we don't know how to play soccer, apparently. Uh, but still going to be a good did time. Did we talk about, did any, did any of us pick a winner for our soccer yet? Or Not yet. Do you have anybody off the top of your mind that you, you, you think you pegging to win? Uh, I mean, it would be hard to bet against Germany as a as a repeat. I know that that they're the ones that are they're trying to be getting knocked off. Uh, I think Brazil has a really good chance. I think Brazil. I think Brazil's the team. To I think beat. this could be Brazil's year. because I hear hype Coutinho, on them all the time. Uh, Robert Firmino, uh, Davi Luiz, like man, that team is really stacked. You know, that team's really stacked. Argentina. I was about Argentina to say has a lot of good forwards. Is this uh, Messi's last chance? Messi. Yeah, oh, the. Uh, Maybe I think he's still going to play next the next year unless they have a really embarrassing thing. But I mean, they got DiBala, Messi, Higuain all up top is really good. Um, I, I really like the pace of um, 
of France. I don't think they stand a chance though. England has a really good, really good squad out there. A lot of the English players all play on Tottenham, which is really weird. So they all play together. Uh, Chemistry could be big, but I really think it's 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 going to be Brazil's year. Uh, Spain, I don't like I don't like the forwards they selected because I thought there were a lot better forwards, Spanish forwards that they left off the roster, but they have a solid squad. So if I have to pick my two teams to win it, I would go with uh, Brazil or Spain. Um, Not real keen on what Germany's doing. I know Manuel Neuer is coming back, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Dark Horse, uh, man, Dark Horses are hard in soccer, but uh, let's just go ahead and say Belgium. Uh, Lukaku, um, they got both the Hazards. I don't know. I don't know if they have both the Hazards. They might have all three of them. They had a great and showing so, uh, in last World Cup. Um, so. Yeah. So that's just that's my thought. Uh, just wanted to get your pick your brain. It starts tomorrow. So exactly. Well, Miles, this has been a fun episode. Let's give them a little bit of news. Um, we have been approved to do a live show. We will give you the date later. We'll give you the time later at Trump National Doral. That's down in Miami, down in Doral. We'll be doing a live show interviewing. Phil Mickelson's ex-golf coach. And just for you guys don't know, we are excited. This is going to be a great show. We have a lot of big news coming up this summer. Uh, we thank you guys for always listening. Uh, make sure you guys give us a like on, on Facebook, a like on uh, follow on Twitter. Uh, download our podcast. Uh, that's at Welcome to the House on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. Miles, you want to leave them with any final words? I was going to say, uh, don't worry about the summer. We are going to be talking plenty of football this summer. Be on the lookout for that. We have here. the itinerary laid out. Yes. It's football heavy. A lot of football, football fans. this summer, absolutely. So we, we uh, look forward to that. Well, thank you guys for your time. Have a great one.